Stories from California Cattle Country is produced by the California Cattlemen Foundation and receives support from the California Cattle Council. We've created this podcast to communicate stories of the people and practices of far-flung ranches and dairies throughout the state in an effort to better connect them with the urban customers that they serve. There's an old adage by comedian W.C. Fields that says never to work with children or animals. This podcast regularly works with the latter, and in this episode, we decided to attempt the former by interviewing Chesley Tipton, a six-year-old hand at Madalena Ranch. Despite his use, Chesley is an experienced cowboy and helps his parents, Joe and Annie, run their ranch in Sierra Valley, managing over 575 acres. Sierraville is located in Sierra County, has a population of 85, and is about 25 miles north of Truckee. We'll first hear about the ranch's history from Annie Tipton, and then turn to Chesley to learn about roping and branding. I'm Ryan Donahue, and this is Stories from California Cattle Country. For the interview, we cooked some classic Oklahoma onion smash burgers. This Depression-era recipe fortifies the ground beef with finely shaved onion, a tradition intended to stretch the beef further in a time where meat was expensive, onions were cheap, and people were poor. The burgers are simply dressed with yellow mustard and American cheese. Chesley and Hazel took their burgers meat cheese bun style and enjoyed them on the back of a side-by-side. We attempted to record with Annie and the kids simultaneously, but soon had to send them outside and decided to interview them one by one. And backward. <laughs> you guys, we're doing something where we're talking, so you can't talk also. And then eventually they... I don't know how much of this is even going to be usable because we're going to talk so much. Uh, do you want to maybe just do a recap of your um, uh, I think so. I can ranch keep history yeah. without all the pauses and stutters? Yeah, so my Grandpa Louis immigrated over from Italy and started ranching in Beckworth, and my Grandpa Louis took over that ranch and then ended up selling that ranch and buying this ranch in Searville in 1956 and ran it for a long time until my dad, Tony, and my mom, Cindy, and my uncle, Steve, took over. We had a ranch in the middle of the valley that we ended up selling and allowed us to buy another ranch down the road. And then as time passed, we were able to split that up so that our family had this ranch and my uncle Steve's family had that ranch. Um, we still lease that ranch from my cousin and they're all still very involved. Oh, and in 2019 was actually after my dad passed, uh, my mom sold the cows to Joe and I. And so we own all the cows now and run the ranch and we love it. Who works on the property? My husband, Joe, does. So he manages it all. My mom still helps a lot and helps irrigate. I help whenever I can. And Chesley's started helping Joe quite a bit when the opportunity arises. And then to my understanding, you also are a teacher, right, at a charter school? I am, yes. I work at an independent study charter school in a neighboring town, Portola. Um, and so I do that 80%. And I have a very unique job there. I, I teach two days a week, and then I'm doing other projects the other two days. So that allows me to be home and kind of help out once in a while. You know, behind every successful rancher is the wife that works in town. Yeah. Not saying. <laughs> so that's me. <laughs> We're curious about how this summer has gone for you. It seems like there's been a lot of events and things like that. How would you characterize it? It was busy. It was kind of a blur between the, you know, issues with the drought and one piece of property that we lease, the water gaps dried up. So we had troughs and then there were trough issues and things. So that took up a lot of our time. You know, there's always the issue of predators here. It seemed like once we got that stuff under control, we had some predator issues. Then um, the fires started. The Dota fire, the first one that started was about a mile from a permit that we have, a Forest Service permit. So we were monitoring that one. And then the Dixie fire just a few weeks ago was 
was came to that same permit from the other side and it actually took out the whole permit. But luckily we got our cattle evacuated and, and our corrals were about the only thing that didn't burn. So we were really grateful for that. We also wanted to touch on, I kind of mentioned it earlier, about growing up in Sierra Valley and also um, talking about Chesley's interest in roping. And is that a result of living in this valley? Absolutely. We actually have on the roping side of it, um, just down the road, there's an arena and we're the oldest roping club in California. So it was started in 1947. It's really one of the only ones left where we've got a group of people and we have fundraisers um, that involve roping and then we have little ropings ourselves. So growing up, that was a big part of my life. My mom and dad were very interested in it and they were down there roping all the time. So then we started roping. Now Chesley and Hazel get to grow up in that. So that's kind of piqued his interest. I think we were very lucky to grow up where we live. It's just this little bubble with the nicest people you could ever imagine. And I really noticed it after my my dad passed away. I couldn't believe that was when it really set in the community that we live in. I mean, the people that showed up and helped us and just reached out. I mean, this is it's just a very unique and special place. Yeah, she kind of talks, speaks about brandings and things like that and how it's such immense amount of work to where it's just kind of understood that your neighbors come and help on that day and then you go and there's there's food and things like that. In regards to a brand with the actual physical brand, is it something that carries over with the ranch over time? Like if yeah. it changes the hands, it's still the same brand? It is in this case. So my, my grandfather, Louis Madalena, had the brand LM. And so then when my parents took over, they transferred that brand to their name. And then when Joe and I took over, we went through the process. You still have to go through the process with CDFA and get the brand transferred. We transferred it into our name. So we still have the original Louis Madalena brand and we go by Madalena Ranch since this is his legacy. The physical brands that you have are like, are those been here the whole time or do you get them remade or? Some of them have been here the whole time. We have gotten new ones though, you know, that like everything brands have improved in certain ways, like less blotching or, or things. So we do have new brands, but the old ones are still here. For a complete layman in regards to ranching, like what is the purpose of having a brand? Is is it like a license plate? What's it do? It's an identification mark, basically. So it's registered with the state. So when our, our brand is an LM on the right hip, when the brand inspector sees that brand, they know that the animal belongs to us. It prevents theft and, you know, identifies each animal. Over time, do they just disappear or do they just kind of stack up <laughs> like multiple? Well, and there's... um. Let's see, there's six different locations that you can put a brand on an animal. So the each shoulder, each rib and each hip. There are a couple we have that the breeder had it on the hip and ours is just below it. So they don't disappear. How would you define resilience in, in the work that you do? I think in the work that we do, it's just that you keep, for lack of a better word, plugging along. We've only been in ranching on our own for two years, and um, it there are a lot of hurdles to overcome. We're really lucky that, I, I think as a young producer, we're so lucky, especially in this area with the resources that we have in terms of producers who have been in the game for a while. There's too many to name. Whenever we have an issue, we're not sure how to handle it. We're able to call up a producer who's dealt with it before, and they're always so willing to help us. We just keep overcoming and uh, working together. Fire, forest fires have been one. Seems like on the one permit we've had within our two years, there's been three separate fires right around it. So forest fires is definitely one. Predators have been another another issue, which is a difficult one because there's not a lot that you can do about it except to try and be present out with your cows and make sure nothing goes wrong. Drought is another big one for everyone right now. 
being new producers, we always saw what my dad did, you know, selling, we, we sold some cows early. We really tried to keep some feed that maybe we would have leased out before and spread the cows out more, but we're just learning as we go. The markets, of course, you never know what's going to happen with the markets. All right. We could probably, if you want, bring the kids down. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was great. Okay. All right, Chester, you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Can you tell me what your full name is? Chesley James Tipton. And what is your job here on the ranch? To help Dad and clean the house. All right. Um, everything. You have a little bit of everything? Well, you ride horses, right? Mm-hmm. And I say you, you rope uh, goats. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you a question that I just want to understand better. Why do you guys uh, rope animals? What, what do you use it for? We rope them when they're sick so that they don't, like, they don't, so they stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So we get them and we vaccinate them, rope them and vaccinate them and stuff. And at our brainings, we rope them so that we could, the cows, we vaccinate the cows first, the moms, and then we vaccinate the, uh, what is it? The calves? Yeah, by, and put our brand on them so that they know we know where they're ours. And the earmarks are for knowing that they're ours also. So what, what's an earmark? It's where you cut the ear in like a triangle or you cut straight out. When they catch the calves or they catch the cows, or the, you guys brand the, the big cows or is it usually we, just calves? We usually just brand the calves. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what does your brand look like? It's an L with an M. When you brand them, does it hurt the, the calf when you do it? No, they just want their moms when we do it. So when you let them up, they just run back to their moms? Well, no, we have to, we wait until the whole 10 is done. And then we let that 10 calves of the herd go back to their moms. You do 10 at a time? Yeah, we do. So when you go get the calves, do you have to rope them to bring them over? Or what they can you just steer? You have with- to rope them. You have to rope them. And then drag, and there's got to be here, and then if they're too far away, you drag them over to the branding pot. And then if they're not too far away, you just stay there, and the people run and brand them. Okay. And we cut the nuts for, um, the, so that there's no bulls running around the ranch. Because if we keep the little bull calves, then we, our calves would have two heads. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Quick note here, if the ranch intends on keeping male animals, they need to be castrated as many of the females are related to the steer. And though it's incredibly rare, polycephaly, or the condition of having more than one head, could be a result of inbreeding. <laughs> um, what's your What's your favorite thing about being on a ranch? What's it's your riding horse and roping. I was told that you work on the and ranch and I, earn I, money I, that um, way. I just had a good year at school and mom said... Have a good year at school, you get that cow. But I bought her before I started school. And then mom said, if you got to get that cow, you get that heifer if you have a good year at school. And I did, so we did it. Mom and dad went to a bull sale yesterday. We have to have bulls so that they could have their calves. And when they're calving, it feels, feels bad. And the calves... And sometimes we have to pull them because they can't get them out. But mostly, they just the calves just go boop straight out. How long does it take them to walk around? They learn to walk on the day they're born. A couple minutes after they're born, they learn to walk. They start learning to walk. Annie Chesley and Hazel 
because on the tour of the ranch contains their home and nearby Annie's mother's home. The property is cut by an active creek, which requires a horse or an ATV or at least some old shoes for crossing. Just outside of their home are a collection of roping dummies, which Chesley uses to illustrate the finer points of roping for us. We then walk to a pen of about a half dozen goats, which Chesley ropes for recreation. The goats are surprisingly unbothered by the activity and patiently wait to be untied after each successful attempt. Our last stop was visiting a five-day-old calf that requires bottle feeding. The calf's mother had twins and was unable to keep track of two at once. And given the possibility of predation on the ranch, they thought it best to bring the calf into the barn and bottle feed it. This means that Chesley is now tasked with feeding Cinderella, named by his sister Hazel, three times a day. If there's something you'd like to hear on stories from California cattle country, you can contact me at ryan at calcattleman.org or leave comments on our various social media posts. We'll be back in two weeks with stories from Modoc County. Thanks for listening. <laughs>